Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Thank you, Graham. Yes, I am Cameron, and I am the pastor here. Uh, good to be back. We spent, uh, my family and I just got back from two weeks vacation, uh, roughing it on the shores of Lake Huron in a tent. Yeah, it's a, it was a pretty nice tent. <laughs> uh, but we're always, always just uh, overjoyed just to be here and worship with you. Uh, today is the last day of the Serve Sundays. We've been doing Serve Sundays for a number of years. It's actually Tara Shockley's idea many years ago to have a Sunday, or we actually spread it out over a course of two or three Sundays, where people can see all of the different areas where you are needed to serve in order for church to work. We, we need a lot of people to help. And you know what? I believe that's the way God intended it. Churches is participatory. It's not a spectator sport. It's a place where you come and, you, and you, you're part of the team. So I want to read one sentence from the Bible, just one sentence. But it happens to be one of Paul's sentences, and he's notorious for writing very long sentences. <clears throat> it's Ephesians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 11, beginning through 16. It says, And he himself, referring to Jesus Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery, trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up, grow up, in all things, into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love, period. <laughs> so he just squeezes so much, so many ideas and concepts into this one sentence. But it's, 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 it's it, it, the, the word of God. It's, you know, Paul wrote it, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so this is God expressing to us, this is what church is all about. From apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers to each and every saint. Every Christian is called into full-time ministry. All right? So just say that. Say it out loud. I am a full-time minister. So that is an absolute truth. Now, only one in a hundred is called to vocational ministry. So that only one in a hundred Christians worldwide receive any form of compensation for their ministry. And I believe that's the way God intended it. Because we're not to rely on paid servants all right, to do the stuff. 
Those who are called to specific leadership roles are called to train the saints, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's what it's supposed to be. My job is to equip people to do ministry, not to do ministry myself. So, and so here at New Day, we actually, I really believe this. A lot of people talk about team ministry. I take it to the, to the extreme. Yeah, this is extreme team sports. And so we, we try to find a place for each and every person. And if you are attending here, we ask you to serve in some capacity because it's best for you. And the church needs you to serve as much as you need to serve at church. Okay, it is, it's part of it. Uh, it's integrated into the, the vision of what it means to be a Christian and, and God's plan. I mean, this whole p- portion of Scripture is about God's plan to reach the world with the message of the hope of the gospel. And it includes this, this amazing thing called the body of Christ. And Paul uses that metaphor, the analogy of, of, of the church being like a body where every joint is important. Every part has to do its share in order to be healthy. And so the way we do this here is that we, dis- we have all of the different areas to make Sunday morning work uh, is our back on the wall. And, and w- there'll be a video at the end of the service that shows you exactly how to do it. But my exhortation is we need you to be a part of the church. And being a part means to serve. And you need to serve because that is fulfilling being a Christian. You know, uh, That is an essential aspect of being a Christ follower. Jesus Christ, it says in another place, did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. And so it's in serving that we most reflect our Lord Jesus Christ. So sign up for a place, or maybe even two places, or I love the I'll serve anywhere, uh, where you just say wherever, you, wherever I'm needed most, just plug me in. That's a Christ-like attitude, and uh, I encourage you to do that. All right, today we have Sarah and Seth Gerber. Come on, give them a hand. <clears throat> so part of the church for many years, back from a year and, and Bethel, and they have some great stuff to share about uh, being uh, a witness for Jesus. Good morning. So good to be here. So uh, we spent the last year uh, at Bethel. We were sent out um, from this church, and we did a lot of resting, and it was kind of a sabbatical year for us. And you know how it is when you kind of get some rest and then you realize how tired you are. (laughs) Um, So we really recharged and uh, now we have a lot more energy and uh, we had a really amazing time last year and then we got the opportunity to travel in Europe this summer and spent six weeks in Germany, um, traveled around with some pastor friends of ours there and got to see uh, amazing things that God was doing. He is really stirring up uh, the young people, and he's stirring up hunger in Germany like they haven't seen in years. And uh, it ended and culminated with this conference called Awakening Europe, which was in Nuremberg, and uh, just got to see a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit over young people. 25,000 people were gathered in a stadium that Hitler built and declared the name of Jesus. It was so powerful. It was incredible, yeah. 
so yeah, we were so grateful for that opportunity. And um, but it's so good to come back here. And I keep just saying how you know this is our family. And when we come back here, we feel like we just keep kind of landing in the hands of love when we come back. So much, so much welcome, and um, we just really adore this home that we have here. And uh, all of you are are that to us. And so um, also just we're so blessed by Cameron and Kathy. How many of you love these amazing people? Where would we be without them? Where would we be without them? Uh, Cameron and Kathy have been such spiritual parents to us and have just really led us and um, parented us in the Lord. And I babysat their kids. <laughs> and, uh, and who knew that I would end up being on staff here for 11 years? Um, but they just gave us such opportunity you know, to grow and to kind of figure out who we were in the Lord and what we were meant to do, and um, we're so blessed by them, and you are a blessed church to have them. You are a blessed family because they are incredible people. We, we, we go to a lot of places and see a lot of amazing people, and I always think, man, New Day has got what, it <laughs> what you want, so go for it. So today we're kicking off a series uh, talking about reaching out. Come with me if you want to live. It's our opportunity to um, reach out uh, to people that, you know what, they need exactly what we have, and what we have is really good. We were in South Africa and uh, started, we are just on a college campus and doing some street evangelism on the college campus, and <coughs> um, we, I was like, okay, God, help me to know who you want me to talk to. And this guy walks by with a blue Detroit t-shirt. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> so he had earphones in and was kind of walking through the main central area of where all the students are. So I kind of chased him down and walked alongside of him for a second and then just tapped him on the shoulder and uh, just introduced myself and said, you know that T-shirt? Um, I'm from that state in, in, in uh, the U.S. And so we just started this easy conversation with him. Uh, and he was asking, you know, what are you guys doing here? What's going on? And so just told him a little bit. And almost immediately he started telling me about an anxiety attack that he had had two years earlier. And the, he, ever since that point two years earlier, he hadn't slept hardly at all. Uh, often on sleep, just terrible sleep, and he had this pain in his side, just this awful pain in, in his side, and it just continued to bother him, and so just went on talking, and um, obviously, you know, two good opportunities to pray, pray for something, and so I said, all right, well, do you mind if I just pray for you, you know, for these things, and and I said, how's that pain in your side, and he said, oh, ever since we've been talking, the pain completely went away. pain completely went away. And I didn't pray. I didn't do anything magical or say any magic words. And I think God wants us to know that he is wanting to jump out of us. He is wanting to put himself into other people and to touch other people just by us being in their very presence. I mean, it talks about both Jesus, the woman that grabbed his cloak, right, got healed of the issue of blood. Paul had handkerchiefs that he sent to people. God wants to just go way beyond what we think. So let's let him out of our little box of how he wants to do things, all right? And, and so I prayed for him for the anxiety, and he found me on Facebook two days later and said, I've slept the best that I've slept in, in two years 
since we prayed. Can we just praise God for that? It's awesome. It's just, yeah, he is, God is really wanting to use us to touch people's lives. He really is. He's wanting to, to um, come out of us. So I'm going to give you just a little foundation. Let's see if this works. Yeah, still too small. But, all right, so in Matthew 10, <laughs> 7 and 8, so little foundation for sort of our role, okay, for what, what we've been called to do. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We've, given, we've been given so much. We've been given so much, and so we need to give that freely. So he's talking to the 12 disciples here. Here in Luke 10, um, I got verse 1 and 2, and then 9 and 17. After this, the Lord appointed 72. So now he's, he's expanding, right? He started with 12. He's expanding to 72. And, he's, and uh, 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful. Jesus is the desire of the nations. People want the, the freedom and the, the peace and the love and, uh, yeah, that Jesus brings. So the, harve uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Verse 9, he says, heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near. So it's a demonstration of power, right? It's a demonstration of what God's doing. And then in verse seven, uh, 17, it says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. So there was evidence that it worked. <laughs> and, I, you know, one thing, I think we, we get caught up because maybe we've tried something and we've tried to pray for something and something didn't happen or, or we took a little step of faith and, not, and it, and it didn't work out the way that we thought it was going to work out. And um, there is an invitation that God is inviting us into to have a relationship with him to bringing his kingdom to earth. It, he wants this process of learning to reach out to be uh, a relationship with him, not just... Not a, not a formula that says one plus one equals two, but a, a, an interaction with him where he's inviting us to walk with him to learn how to do this, to learn how to reach out, to learn how to communicate. So then in Mark, um, this is the final words before Jesus goes. So we got, Matthew, we got Matthew, Luke, and Mark now. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel, which is the good news. We've got good news. To all creation, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Here you go. Ready? This is what's to follow us. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. No snake charming, though. All right? <clears throat> um, they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. And then after that, the Lord Jesus, after the Lord Jesus had spoken, he was taken up into heaven. He sat at the right hand of God, but get this. Then the disciples went out 
preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied us. So it's an invitation for all of us. It's an invitation for all of us to bring the good news, to be able to give what we've been given freely. And then, so Jesus goes away, and, and he says, now the Holy Spirit will come, and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is in us. Same things that followed him follow us. What the Bible says is true. What the Bible says is true. And so the gap is with us. So the challenge is for us to grow in that relationship with God, to continue to connect with him and go, God, I'm not seeing what, what I see in the Bible, but I know that the Bible's true, so I'm pursuing it with everything. And this has turned into a pursuit of my heart. I mean, honestly, I, this is an area that I haven't been super strong in, but, but I've realized that there's actually a part of my life that is missing if I'm not, if I'm not sharing my faith. There's lots of... Um, you know, streams of Christianity where that is a core foundational part. You just, that's just what you do. That's just part of being a Christian. And we talk about it, but we, we don't, we don't take that step where like, this is just normal life to, to share your faith with people. But God is calling us into that. He's inviting us into that. And he's, you know what? He's filling us with his Holy Spirit. What's the promise of the Holy Spirit? He's our helper, right? So God is our helper along this journey. God is all, the Holy Spirit is also boldness. He's giving us boldness. That's a promise through the Holy Spirit. So I'm at a place in my life where I'm asking for it. I'm like, God, <laughs> help. <laughs> I need your help. I need your boldness. Fill me with the Holy Spirit to do this. I, I want a hunger to let what's inside of me out onto other people because I know you want to do things and I know you want to touch people's lives. So we had the opportunity to go to South Africa as a part of our school this last year, which was really amazing time. We had a very packed schedule. We went from meeting to, to you know, business to pray for people there. We went all over the place. We were always in this one bus. <laughs> we had this one driver in this one bus, and we were all over the place. It was so amazing. We weren't sleeping well. It was crazy. But we got this one day off. It was really cool. We got to go to Lion Park. And we had a meeting that night, um, but we, we went to this lion park. How many of you remember Aaron Mueller's awesome message last week? Wasn't that amazing? He talked about a woman in a lion park and how they told her not to put up, or they, to not to put down the window, and she didn't do it, and a lion reached through, and not good. So we, we were in the same situation. I thought I was reliving the story. It's just that they said that we could put down the windows, so apparently not as dangerous lions. Um, but we went into this lion section of the park where there we were on our bus, as normal, with our driver and our driver was like wanting to give us the show so he got really close to this this white lion here while the, it was napping not happy this lion was so <laughs> mad and was just so frustrated that we were coming so close so I had to get up had to walk away but it, its face and its growl were intense so this is just a shot of that but anyway so we we went on to the um, area where you can actually pet the baby lions and tigers and cheetahs and uh, so we went uh, drove to this place, got out, walked around, and um, we were having a great time checking out all these animals. 
And um, our leaders got into this conversation with two teenagers. The girl had a sore throat, and uh, they had actually just asked our leaders if they could take a picture with them because they had an accent, which I thought was really cute. Um, and, and through the conversation, the girl had a sore throat, and our leader offered to pray for her. She gets healed, and then she asks, can I tell you something that the Lord's telling me for you? Had a prophetic word for her told it to her, prophesied over her friend. They both were just weeping, were experiencing the presence of God. Their friends come up uh, that were with them. They're saying, hey, you got to have them pray for you. And their friends are kind of growing. This group um, kind of starts attracting to our little group. We kind of go up. This is how it started, right between the water buffalo and the baby cheetah. Um, We were praying for for all these teenagers, it turns out there's a group of 70 uh, students that are from Cape Town. They were in Johannesburg for a singing competition, which was the next day. That's why the girl was nervous about her sore throat. Um, and so all these teenagers just start flocking. Word starts spreading among this whole group. They all start just coming up to us. So there's 16 of us and 70 of them. And we're just like, one of them gets saved, can't stop getting more prophetic words from everyone they can get it from. You know, there's kids getting healed, and um, suddenly it starts raining, which you can see the clouds in the picture. It starts raining, like pouring rain, so we all start running, and I'm actually like prophesying over a girl as we're running to the nearest um, shelter, which happened to be the snake house. So we are in this reptile snake house, you know, they're all glassed in, here's a picture, and we're just, you know, kind of taking shelter. It's hailing, it's pouring rain outside, it's crazy, but we don't even know because we're just spending all this time with these hungry students. The teacher found out, she was elated because she's a Christian and she loves Bethel. She found out we were from Bethel and she was just like beside herself pointing out to all the kids she wanted us to pray for. She said the day before, there was a time where some of the students were just sharing stories about what God had done in their lives because actually South Africa is quite a Christian nation. There's a lot of Christians there. So just the fact that there were so many hungry kids who wanted more of God, it was amazing. But they were giving their testimonies to other students who were there that weren't Christians. And the teacher was really like um, seeing how awesome this was. And she asked the Lord, Lord, should I keep going with this or what should I do? And he said, why don't you just go ahead and stop for now because I'm going to send you some people tomorrow to help you. She had no idea. We ha- None of us had any idea this was going to happen. So she was so encouraged, and she said, this is what the Lord was talking about. Um, so we spent like an hour, hour and a half in the snake house. It stops hailing and raining. The sun comes out. We all go outside. We gather all the students around, present the gospel message. Thirteen kids give their lives to the Lord. They all get filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It was amazing. On our day off. And then we were late for our next meeting. It was so crazy. But it was such a powerful day. And it's, it's just kind of one of those things where you never know what a little conversation with someone's going to open up. You have no idea when you're in the grocery store or when you're at your workplace, you know, how one conversation, you know, the Lord can just kind of work his way into the, a specific conversation and just see what God can do. And so it's on our part to kind of be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in those moments to ask, you know, what are you doing here and how can I bring your kingdom into this moment? And so as we do that, and I'm telling you, people are more hungry than they seem. You know, and there's specific strategies the Lord has for each one. And so we can be sensitive to that. And he knows that you're the perfect person if he's asking you to to talk to somebody. So I was uh, at a friend's house. We were doing a city service project with a um, a program from our school. And I was at a friend's house. And outside, I see this woman walking in their neighborhood. She's kind of doing the exercise fast walk, you know. And uh, 
I saw her and I just immediately felt impressed by the Lord that I needed to go talk to her. And of course, there's this little debate inside of me. I'm kind of busy right now. Um, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Where's my shoes? Couldn't find them. She was getting away and I just knew like, oh, you know, she's fast walking. I had to, I had to quick go. So I just did. It. I just decided I'm just going to go for it. And I ran outside in my socks and um, <clears throat> I get up to her. I kind of had to walk fast, and I, I ma'am, hello, ma'am, hi, I'm sorry to bother you, um, but I, I saw you through my friend's window, and uh, I just came outside, I had to find you because I felt like the Lord told me to come talk to you, she burst into tears, just burst, she's beside herself, she's sobbing, and I'm just, yeah, I haven't really said anything, it's just, I think I just mentioned the Lord, and she just broke, and uh, you know, normally, you just see people walking, you think they're having a fine day, you know, you would never, I would never have known that she needed something that day, but the Lord did. And so, so then we're talking and she, you know, she's really having a moment and turns out that she had gotten a car accident um, months earlier with her son and her son's friend with a semi, this, the, the, I don't know whose fault exactly it was. She was um, just saying that um, they came out like their car had turned over several times, was totally totaled, and it was a complete miracle that they actually survived. Uh, but they, they had no scrapes or bruises even. They were completely, you know, it was a complete miracle. So I was like, wow, that was God, you know? And she was like, that's what everybody's saying. But it turns out that the company from the semi-truck is trying to sue her for $70,000. She was just at court the day before. And then all the stuff since then has happened, has gone wrong. She was saying that the, the boy that was in the accident, his mom suddenly died just kind of unexpectedly. And I mean, on and on she was just saying. And she said that she had um, grown up in a Christian church, a uh, Pentecostal church, and she joined the army when she was a young adult and then kind of walked away from the Lord and hasn't really gone back since. So she was feeling like the Lord was punishing her, that this all was punishment and that she wasn't worthy to be saved in that car accident. And um, I just was able to bring her, you know, a message of love that God wants to be with her, that he wants to be with her in this and love her through it and take the heavy burdens, you know, and she just, I mean, she was so impacted by the love of God. By the end of the conversation, she said, it took a girl running in her socks to get me, to convince me that God actually loves me, and that he's not, you know, punishing me, and she was totally impacted. It was so amazing, and I just, you know, those are the moments that, you know, you, you do something completely inconvenient, and that takes a lot of courage, and God, you never know what he's going to do through you. You just never know. And <laughs> I sometimes feel like it's like baby steps, go talk to the person. <laughs> baby steps, find out what God wants to do. It's not easy. That's a What About Bob reference. Do you guys know that movie? Um, <laughs> um, I just, I, I just, it is a struggle. But it's like when you actually just give up the fear of man, you, you stop worrying about what people think about you and you just go for it, God is so, he's got an army of angels behind you, you know, he just heals people without even needing to pray, um, and then, you know, we were in Germany, and we got to meet some incredible people, and we were so blown away by these three women, this is a picture of the front of this building called the Brathaus, which means house of bread in, in German, and there was these three single moms who have just given their lives to serving people. They live in the, um, the, the floors above with their families, 
and they um, have meals three times a week where they serve the poor and the homeless in their city, and um, they have loads of people coming in all week long. Some of them work jobs, and some of them have been able to get um, compensation full-time for what they're doing here at the Brat House, but we were able to go and see what they're doing, and I'm telling you, I've never seen so much fruit come out of a small ministry like this. They see the people that come in if they hang out long enough they just get saved and they have like this group of young people and old people who have gotten saved that used to be homeless that used to be kind of in the new age that used to be drug dealers that are now discipled and they're doing treasure hunts in their city um, they're doing evangelism and they're they're seeing people saved so when we were there they had a testimony night of three people that got saved and one person's deaf ears were opened on the streets of their city just from doing a treasure hunt with these people who had gotten saved in their ministry you know and and then they told us all these stories when we were there several people that had been hanging out for a few months gave their lives to jesus while we were there and then um, they told the story that was a, a article in the local paper about a homeless man who had come to their place had had received jesus he was from poland and he was an alcoholic but he got delivered from alcoholism and then he ended up meeting a woman who was an old friend of his from poland who is now in germany and they got married and they've started a life together off the streets and um and that was an article in their local newspaper and they told about the brat house this is a picture of it where these people are eating um and so that's the kind of fruit that can come from a life just kind of you know they structured their lives around serving they live in this building that's an outreach center it actually reminded me a lot of the iglesia um a little taller and skinnier but it was it was just amazing to watch what what god can do when people just say yes you know and some people are called to really give their whole life and some people are called to raise their family you know and and do their jobs and then do outreach from there but i'm i'm just amazed to see what god can do you would think single moms would be limited you know not having a lot of resource but it's so cool to see how they give what they have and god brings all the resource that they need so it's the kindness of god that leads us to repentance, that leads people to repentance. And um, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, so it's actually the kindness in us that can lead people to repentance. It's, the ki- it's who we are. It's who God's made us to be. Romans 2, 4, uh, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? His kindness is so rich. It's rich. Of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. And if we go to 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 20, Christ's love compels us. It's like, how many of you listen to DC Talk? Come on, love is a verb? Yeah? Okay, there's, no, I'm not. I'm not, yeah, listened maybe to DC Talk. Um, <coughs> that love is a verb. Love, love looks like something. It's an action. It's, it's not, yeah, it's something that we do. We love. Heidi Baker talks about stopping for the one. Taking time for the one and stopping for the one. Um, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. So we no longer live for ourselves. Self can go away. 
living for him can rise up. Uh, died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of us are in Christ? We are in Christ. The new creation has come. We are saints, not sinners. We're a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God. Ready for this? Who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This just preaches just reading this, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. It's not our job to condemn or to judge. Jesus covered those sins. It's our job to love. We don't count people's sins against them. We love them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So God's plan of reconciliation now has been committed to us to bring reconciliation between man and God. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Ha. Huh. Yeah. So I, uh, we're, 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 we're just pursuing a new life of being open to what the Holy Spirit wants at any time. And the, the application for all of us is we have an opportunity every day to share what we've been given. We really do. And this whole month is about that. It's about just being who we are. It's not... You know, if I've learned anything this year, it's not to strive. Not like God's like pushing us and pressing us to make us to do something. He's inviting us into a relationship with him to share who we are with other people. To be open. And it takes boldness. And it takes courage. And it takes taking a risk. And it takes being rejected. It takes all that stuff. But it's... It's an invitation of relationship to give it away. Just to give it away. It's a necessary part of who we are, and that's what I'm realizing. It's got to be a part of who I am. If I call myself a Christian, I have to embrace, though I'm not fully where I want to be, I have to embrace the, the, the process of learning to just love on people, to be willing to not care about myself and to pray for people. So if you want that, you want to stand up with me? I'm just going to pray for you guys. Hopefully this inspires you a little bit, gets you excited to, to just do it. Just pray for someone. Just, you see someone with a, uh, a sling, pray for them, you know? You see someone that looks sad, just give them a hug and love on them. All right, let's pray. If you want to, just raise your hands. Open your hands or raise them up. God, we just want more than anything else to be your ambassadors, Father. We want to be compelled by love. 
God, we want to have your compassion, just like it says that you had compassion on the crowds. We want to have your compassion for people, Father. We want to be moved by your love for people, God. Make us ambassadors of reconciliation, God. We are your plan of reconciliation for the world. Lord, I pray that you release on us a boldness today. Father, impart boldness to us. We pray for help. (laughs) We need your help. To, to grow in this, to learn about this, to take steps of faith, to take risk. Lord, I pray that our spiritual ears and eyes will be open to what you're doing and saying, Father. Lord, that we'll see what you're doing and we'll do, just like Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. Father, we'll see what you're doing in the spiritual world and we'll take steps of faith to do what you're doing. In Jesus' name, we just pray for a, even today, a, a spiritual impartation, spiritual breakthrough. In Jesus' name, for each one of us. Lord, I pray that destinies will will be opened up today, Father. Lord, I just thank you that there's life in giving life. When we give life, we receive life. Lord, I pray that we'll give it away. We'll give away what we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.